0: Turn our attention now to God's Word, it's printed for us in our worship folder, reading from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And it says thus And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better The word of the Lord, thanks be to God.
1: Good morning, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ uh, Central Church. And um, we continue in our sermon series on God's reasons why. As in God's reasons why he sent Jesus to live, suffer, and then, then die for people like you and me. And it turns out that this passage this week is, is right in order in, in sequence, if you will, with last week's sermon when we saw Jesus cross over the sea to the other side to deliver a man and his community from demonic possession. Now Jesus crosses back over the sea and finds himself being a very popular man. Everybody wants a peak and peace of Jesus. This great teacher and miracle worker. Jesus is in a celebrity phase right now at the top of his game and and crowds and requests are coming in like crazy. And so this passage starts out with a VIP request. A VIP request from one of the rulers of the synagogue to come and heal his sick daughter. And Jesus agrees to see about the sick little girl. And the Bible tells us that that while he is traveling through the crowds, a woman with a chronic health issue comes and touches the very bottom of his robe, the hem, believing that if she could just touch it, she might be healed by this miracle man. And in that moment, what is a story about Jesus going to heal a ruler's little girl takes on a subplot, a subplot? Y'all know how this works just went and saw thor last night the movie you know how this works especially with all the superhero marvel and dc movies where someone shows up in someone else's movie and it's a sure sign that somebody going to make some money off of it right that they're going to do a spinoff movie about them. Well, this woman, her, her story was outside of the main plot, outside of the main story, but not outside of the main character, the main author and director's goal. This outside woman, outsider to her community, was brought not just in the middle of this story, but center stage for God's deliverance and healing of her life. And that's good news for you and me today, especially those of us, that's everybody, who have issues and problems that that make you feel and live like an outsider to the true life God created you to have and enjoy. This story is a declaration of good news for those of us who just need Jesus to stop by our way, to pass by our lives, to to step close to us and into our lives with some life-changing power, more power than we can give and bring to our situations, who stand in the need of deliverance of a real miracle today. This story is good news. We see from that, see from, as we can see first, because Jesus came to be touched by our issues. And secondly, he came to heal our humanity. First, be touched by our issues. And secondly, came to be heal, came to heal rather our humanity. Look with me again at verse 24, at the second half of verse 24. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered under, sorry, and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. It's funny how this happens here, isn't it? Jesus is in a straight-up crowd with people rubbing up against him. And he stops and he says to his disciples, someone touched me. No, someone touched my clothing. And I'm sure they're like, yep, that's right, you're in a crowd. Jesus, I know you are God and all, but come on, man, you are in a crowd and Jesus wouldn't let it go. The Bible says in verse 30, though, he felt power go from him. That he had to find the person who caused this because this was no ordinary person or situation here. And it wasn't. It was a woman the Bible describes as suffering from an issue of blood. A hemorrhaging problem. Now, most commentaries agree that this is most likely a menstrual cycle that that won't stop. And with this being a women's health issue, it just compounds her suffering. Because it meant that she, a woman whose monthly bleeding, something that just comes with being a woman, made her ceremonially unclean back then in the Old Testament Jewish law. Any kind of pathogen-borne situation back then made you unclean to be with God's people. Not to overcomplicate things. But this condition she had would have deemed her untouchable and unclean, and unable to touch, had turned from a one-month women's issue, once-a-month women's issue, to a 12-year, every day, never-ending issue for this woman. Which meant she probably would not be touched by her husband if she had one. Maybe since it is described as being something that was happening for 12 years, could you imagine that this could have possibly started at puberty? And so she may have never gotten married and not had kids during her major childbearing years back then and wasn't able to go to her version of youth group. That no family would have had her and that she probably was poor and and no one would touch her because she was messed up and messy to the world. And ironically, the fact that she was messed up meant that no one would touch her. But here's the irony. Plenty of people were there to take advantage of her. The Bible says in verse 26 that she spent all she had to fix the problem. Now, you might be saying here, I mean, it says physicians. But come on, y'all. You might be saying here that she became the victim of some quacks, some some fake healers, some miracle potions out there, some non-MD types or or well-meaning, no guarantee, full payment expected either way. She probably didn't have insurance, and she certainly had no assurance, right? Y'all heard the story of the fake plastic surgeon woman in Florida, I think, taking these women's, taking their money, then using fix-the-flat, yeah, and ejecting it into women's bodies so they could ultimately have the body that would make them more acceptable. It got worse. Isn't this a world just works, y'all? When you are untouchable because you're poor, Poor folk always getting taken advantage of, eh? Just bring your paycheck in. You give, we'll give you a loan, right? Don't worry about that interest rate being in the 30s and 40s. It'll be okay. Whether you're, When you're low in society, rejectable, and suffering from, or in some problem or dilemma, there is a world of people out there to mess over you to take advantage of your brokenness and desperation. And it's happened to us all to some degree or another. Wherever we are experiencing being messed up, someone promises or we, in messing over ourselves even, hope they will be the promise to fix our low self-esteem because we're too ugly, we're too fat, too skinny, too weird, quirky, broke unaccomplished black or white or woman or lonely or poor or mentally unhealthy or sexually imbalanced or ignorant or easily usable. Like this woman, we are messed up people who are in our issues, in our messed up situations, messed over by a lover that doesn't really love but just wants to use us by a substance or sexual experience or or spending experience for some of us that will lift us and carry us through to just drop us down and hard on the other side or by a spiritual experience that happens only for a couple of hours on Sunday. For some of us, a pyramid scheme, a a get-rich-while-staying-at-home, right? By by a world work-real-hard-and-retire-harder, by an accomplishment engine at work, by abusive relationships of people who found us at our most vulnerable and used us for their ends, and we have spent... All we have emotionally and physically and financially and mentally and most of us in this room, we are exhausted. And have exhausted everything. And left used up. Empty, trying to feel whole and human. Left messed up and messed over. But Here's the point. Basically, most of us, In this world, go untouched. Unreached. Untouched in the most pressing and important ways. In in the ways where we are empty and injured and wounded and oppressed and nothing else can heal. And when we try or have tried to self-medicate or in some situations the doctors can't fix in our body, it can make us worse than when we started. By Jesus deciding to Pass. And walk through that crowd, and away, so that power and healing and deliverance and writing power would come from him for someone crawling on the ground. Teaches us that Jesus came to be touched you know what that means? That he came to be moved, that he's given over to, that he's come through for, that that his power and love is for and given to messed up people who've been messed over in this world by this world's empty promises. He came to be the truth, right? For all the lies we have believed would fix us and become the power for all the things and people that were powerless to heal us. For those people. For people like you and me, standing in the need of a miracle of love, a miracle of power, a move of God's Holy Spirit to change things in our lives, Jesus has brought all he has and is to be touched, to take up mess and mess over people. Which means this, like his garment that day, what he calls his means of grace, what we specifically call the ordinary means of grace, y'all. It's a technical term. As ordinary as the end of a robe, right? Ordinary means of grace are the ways, the extension of his power for those of us sitting in the need of grace are just right there for us to touch. Stuff like the teaching and preaching of God's word, the Lord's supper, ordinary things you wouldn't imagine that you just call normal routine church things. Worship and prayer and the community of believers out there and community groups and, and, next, the, and next door people or, or the friend that brought you or you will find here today are like the present day robe of God's power to touch and be touched, not by holy and perfect and able people, but people like you and me, messed up and messed over who need God's power. And so I'm going to say, This time that the messed up and messed over in us, come on in. Come out the darkness. Come out the broken gutter you might be in. Out of that broken relationship, out of that broken marriage, out of that sickness that's got you hammered, hampered. out of that thing that's got you trapped and blind in this place of worship and sacrament, in particular in special presence of God's Holy Spirit. Hear me now. While the Holy Spirit and God's grace is swinging, Like a holy extension of God's glory robe, I call you messed up and messed over in here, me and you, to see it and reach out emotionally and spiritually with desperation and passion to press in, if you will, once again, knowing God's power and love is here for you in a way it is nowhere else. Because not only did Jesus come to be touched by us, he came to heal our humanity. You know what's very unique about this story? Jesus, as we've said, is on his way to a commissioned healing. (laughs) That means on mission, scheduled, right? Ding, ding, reminder going off on his iPhone, healing of Jairus's, the ruler's daughter. And this woman, get this, y'all, crawls through the crowd. In a unilateral, one-way move to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. And she doesn't say, if he touches me, right? Or or I touch him, or or like the ruler for his daughter, if I ask him, no. She says, if I can just get what I can as he passes by, right? Right? If I can just crawl in the dirt and mud, maybe reach out from the curb, right? I must take mine. It is all I deserve. Like I am a stealer of dignity and worth. I get the scraps because I am so bad. I am so dirty. I am so much of an outsider. Nobody should see or want me. And I have nothing to offer. Like the sick girl's father, I don't have a husband or father who will go for me. Um, I am a woman in this society with no money and no authority and no hope. But but if I could just do a little wrong, because she wasn't supposed to be touching people, y'all. If I could just do a little wrong and crawl on the ground, if I could just get by, get a get by healing, right? You, you, you go on, Jesus. Just let me get this. Her attempt for healing and deliverance and dignity itself shows that she is a person who lives in pure shame and fear in the shadows. She can't even stand up, y'all. She's become a worm, right? Because of her uncleanliness and powerlessness of her world to make her acceptable or receive her is okay. But look at what happens here. Look at verse 30. And Jesus perceiving, she touches him, right? And she's healed. The Bible says in 29. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So the Bible says that she reaches out and grabs his robe, just the very edge of it, and Jesus calls out, someone touched me. What Jesus is saying in those words is someone I came to connect with. Someone I came to earth to heal, to deliver. Get this. But not just to take their sickness away, but the sin and struggle of their shame away has touched me. So I need them to know that I know and know about them. Do you see how sickness and shame and isolating sin and brokenness is destroyed and overcome by Jesus? Do you see it? He calls for her and then recognizes and calls what she did as faith only now, only because he and she connect relationally through the healing. She must know that he sees her, that he knows her. It is not just love that fell off a truck and she picked it up. No, but that he came to pick her up. She didn't steal a blessing. She needs to know that she was given her blessing on purpose. It is Jesus' full gospel ministry for her to know that God's power is personal. And what I mean by that, intentional and personal, what I mean by that, his delivering and healing and redemption is about people, not just about product. God reaching our humanity is not about results only. Surprise! I know what Christianity's been for the last five years, right? It's about the product. It's about results. And Jesus is just the way to get there. God wants you and I to know that he intends us to know and recognize that you are worth more than just receiving a product from God. I've come to... He's saying, lady, woman, I've come to lift you up out of the shame of sin. This oppressive world has done and filled attempts to make you better. I've come to heal you, to make you feel alive and live whole. One of the books I'm reading talks about how separated we are from the goods. Because we do things like Amazon, and I love doing things like Amazon. A lot of us get our groceries delivered, our household goods delivered, right? It's packaged. People buy it all the time. And Target puts their name on it, but you don't really know who made it, right? But it talks about how that hurts us, how we are, from, how we are separated from the people who actually make the product, and how that has caused great damage to our human sense of worth and dignity. Imagine if the person who made the thing you want or need to make your life fuller actually delivered it and thanked you. Full gospel faith is not getting the Lord's stuff because you ordered it up rightly and well or acted passionately and desperately and expressively and I, you know, you just took a hold of your blessing. That is true. I just called you to that, right? Take a hold of the blessing. God's grace is swinging in the wind, right? Did it. But that is half faith that will simply lead to shame and failure again. True faith is being found by God and known and seen and credited faith by realizing that it was His grace with Him as your Lord and Savior that gets you and got you through that it was his face-to-face, I know what happened, and it would not have happened without me loving you and wanting to give it to you and joyfully giving you healing or deliverance and blessing. It was not your good hope, but his good grace that became your good hope. Because truth be told, she was unclean and was a little presumptuous that Jesus intended to be made unclean for her deliverance, for her healing, for her stuff being made right. In a the Bible says she heard about Jesus. Maybe she heard about that demon possessed man getting healed. That he might be the kind of miracle healer that obviously didn't mind getting his hands and life dirty for people like her. That he was a scandalous renegade, fight the man, bring down the institution kind of holy man. But this is not new for her, though. Do you remember her story? She's fallen. For this kind of informational, inf- infomercial personality before, right? She's used faith before. She had so much faith in the doctors, she sold all she had to get healed. This is a new. She went for the pyramid scheme and relationships like y'all are having, where you always have to give of yourself, always pay for it in your worth and dignity to get healed. And and you're not even sure you're going to get healed. You're not even sure you're going to be made right. But this situation that she now has put her faith in is completely different. You know why? Because Jesus is saying, I am paying for it this time. My power is going out this town time my power I'm honoring you woman by picking up the tab on this one. I am paying and paid it all this grace This is the gospel that blessing and healing is never free But for the sake of your dignity and shame and exhaustion exhaustion creating empty attempts Jesus came to pay for your deliverance and healing and wholeness himself Here's the big difference between the fake prosperity gospel that we are accustomed to hearing and following and fall into, me too, and true gospel. The prosperity gospel is about being rewarded and recognized for working hard and being passionate and about how you held on, about how you spiritually maneuvered and manipulated and earned to receive God's blessing. And that might be the beginning of a wonderful story of faith. But true faith only begins there with your passion, with your maybe Jesus can heal me, maybe I'll come to church, maybe this will work for me, right? We, again, we I exercise faith all the time. Every single one of you are faithful. I never seen a more faithful group of people. If you got plastic in your wallet, right? If you have an iPhone even with that Apple Pay, right? If you got money that's green, it's just paper. Tear it up, burn it up, it's just paper. And you got and you expect it to work for you. You got faith. Everybody, every one of you, I don't know if y'all got off tomorrow or not, or whatever, you gonna get up in the morning, you're gonna put on your best, get in your car, and most of y'all going to work, believing you got a job when you show up right? You get in your car, it's going to start, right? You're going to go to the bus station, it's going to show up, right? Your friend going to pick you up. You called Uber, they're going to come. You exercise faith every day. You even were faithful enough to leave as a mere human being to walk out your door this morning. You have no idea what could happen to you. You mean you got in your car and rode on the road with people driving 70 to 80 miles an hour on their phone texting? You did that? You exercise faith every day. Faith only is only the beginning of the gospel. Your faith is only the half of the gospel. He made her faith complete. Look at verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She was already healed of her disease, but he said, Go in faith and be, go in peace and be healed of your disease, right? He, He had to declare it. He was was finishing and connecting the, the circle of faith for this woman. The key word is not woman or hey you, but daughter. You thought I made a mistake putting the beginning part of this passage in? No. Do you see how it fits into the bigger story here? Do you see what true faith is about? The ruler's daughter and this woman had much in common. Do you know what they had in common? They were low on the totem pole. A child, a female child, not somebody who's going to inherit and be the next ruler of the synagogue, right? Is sick, right? Uh, this woman with an issue of blood, who cares about those two folk, right? They, they are low on a totem pole and Jesus, and they want Jesus' attention. They couldn't heal themselves, but with one difference. The little girl had a father. The little girl had an advocate. She had someone, the Bible tells us, who was willing to lay down in the street in the dirt before Jesus and grovel for her healing. Do y'all see that? But this woman in Jesus got that too. The ruler Jesus did more than heal her that day. He called her a daughter, which meant I got this because I got you like family, which means you are free to take this, to deserve this because faith is more than getting, getting well. It is about having a faithful father who loves you so much that in Christ he will get dirty and messy and down with you and that raises your worth and humanity. True faith is recognizing that it is Jesus and His desire for our good who has demanded and earned our healing and deliverance to treat us like His child. So many of you, like this woman, have yet to know or have a person just be a daddy, to just be a father have a bunch of demands on you, just be an advocate for you. Sure, sure, you've had people do nice and helpful things, and you have good and fair exchanges with people, but in Jesus, don't you understand your healing, your deliverance, your hope comes from a father-daughter, father-son relationship that will never end, and it's the beginning of you and me being whole and free human beings. And that kind of healed humanity means you are free for relationship. Like this woman with the issue of blood, we are bleeding out in ways that make us untouchable by others and make us feel untouchable and unreachable. And some of us believe we are untrustworthy to be in relationships considering all the messed up brokenness going on in our lives. Some of us are under so much shame for things we can't heal or get control of in our lives that we have to shoplift relationships or let ourselves be taken advantage of, right? Because we don't deserve, we, we don't believe we deserve to have a man actually marry and commit to us. I'll give him my body. I'll give him my life just to have a fake relationship. Like this woman spending her money to feel better, right? Just to get well. And all you're doing is making yourself worse. Some of you think, I've been with so many guys and I'm not really happy with how I look and miss out on so many dates, right? I mean, we are bleeding out with so much shame and fear and guilt that we crawl on the ground and get in the gutters when it comes to relating to people. We are not worthy of being known, we believe. We don't want to be found out, and we definitely are too guilty and feel so dirty about ourselves to be all up in God's face and acting like I'm going to be somehow, be a good enough Christian or believer to be his child and all that stuff. I'm with you. We're bleeding out, y'all, with all sorts of struggles that we tried to get rid of and just can't, with all sorts of addictions, alcohol, weed, all kinds of drugs, porn, work, ambition, success, entertainment. We've tried to heal ourselves of our sexual brokenness, greediness, desire to be beautiful or fit and thin and accepted, accepted. And we've become so defeated in failure after failure, failure to stop the bleeding for worth and just feeling alive and wanted and possibly accepted somewhere by someone somehow that we have made ourselves more and more outcast from relationship with God and others. Some of us are bleeding out from a world in society that has said to you many, so many times, not you, not you woman, Not you, white guy, not you African-American man, not you sexually unsure person, not you financially broken person, not you wealthy person, not you immigrant who is not documented and doesn't know the language well enough, not you overweight person, not you person struggling with mental health issues of depression, anxiety, and menopause, or midlife crisis of being a teenager trying to figure out who you are, not you because we and you have not fixed and we have not found a place for your problem. Here's the point. Before the mirror, in the world you live in, and before God, we are bleeding out and getting worse possibly being outcast to relationships. And this woman knew that and felt that. In verse 32, it says, She came and fell down trembling, trembling. You know what I'm thinking? She's expecting, expecting another shameful exchange, reaction, correction that would have made her more of an outcast, as she should have been, all up and all up in the crowd and unclean. You know what Jesus did when he demanded that the person who touched him and whom he touched back for his power, when he called her daughter? Know what he wanted? He was not just restoring the worship and loving relationship between her and God. We talked about that. But by calling her daughter, he was letting her and the world know that she deserves dignity and worth right now. That she has all the rights of a daughter because of who Jesus has declared and delivered her to be, she should demand only because she has demanded and commanded He has demanded and commanded to the world that this is your sister, this is your family. She's a full part of the human race. And so when she looks in the mirror from here on out, when she sees others look at her, and when she looks toward God and knows He sees her as his daughter, she sees and recognizes she is no longer an outsider, not just anyone from somewhere, but she is a sister and daughter of Jesus and of God the Father and her relationships must follow suit. And it tells us and teaches us and frees us to face the world with renewed and healing dignity that comes from Christ that says, no, I will no longer be used like that. No, I will not let you be used like that. Lord, I messed up, but my worth is in being a daughter. Forgive me and receive me again. Like the book I'm reading, to have self-compassion and others' compassion that only God could bring and heal and restore by looking at you and healing you and saying, daughter and son, my dignity has now become your dignity. We can be sure that if Jesus calls you to be a son and daughter, delivered and redeemed and healed human beings, that you are a sister and brother in some degree to a world of outsiders who need the grace of God. When you know that God knows that you've been called at the gutter and declared son and daughter by grace, you have no problem looking at a broken world and seeking to instill and give them the same dignity as well. Maybe we can't get along with other people. Maybe our racism and prejudice and walls are there because we've missed out in our faith. Don't you know you are a son? You are a daughter by grace. You see, when Jesus says power went out from him to her, it was still true that he was made unclean by her touch. Do you know that? And that, and that by recognizing that he came to be touched and reach outcast, that he would be deemed an outcast too. Don't you know as soon as he, she touched him, he became an outcast, an unclean person? He should have been that for her issue of blood for a life that was bleeding out dignity and worth and wholeness, Jesus had to bleed out for her. When he was touched and proclaimed that healing, touches the work of God he came to do for you and me, he was letting us know that watch me on the cross, y'all, where I'll be hung outside the city gates outside from the living, dignified humanity, and I will become unclean, untouchable, dirty, and rank humanity, and bleeding out naked and dying at the lowest place in society. We're loving relationship with God. His father was broken in his death so that we could be daughters and sons. So the power to change our lives could be credited and ratified and made sure. And when Jesus, like the ruler for this da- the daughter in the story, lowered himself, putting himself in the lowest place, he begged for our lives and dignity and wholeness on the cross, shaming himself for you and me. And had God the Father disown him at that moment, God his Father cast him out like this unclean woman from the divine community, and he felt a million times rejection what that woman or what you and I could ever know or feel to save us, to call us daughters, to call us sons, to call you and me out of the gutters and out of the dirt and out of the mud and into his face, into his adoration, into his joy, into your rightful places, those delivered by Jesus, no longer outcasts, but in a plan and palm and high places with your Lord and Father. God's reasons why? So Jesus could just save us to love us. No longer is outcast humanity, but a son's and daughters of God, healed, delivered, restored, and redeemed by him. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Just help us remember that, the idea that we're sons and daughters. And you heal us and you've healed us. I pray for those who are suffering from issues in their body right now who have come to you in desperation. There are people here right now, Lord, who are afraid for their lives. Something the doctor can't heal. Something the psychiatrists and psychologists can't quite get a hold of. Medicines can't fix. Broken relationships with friends and family. Broken relationship with you and themselves. Suffering, Lord. Bleeding out. In their sickness, losing their dignity and worth, not feeling like they're worth it anymore. Let them be touched by your grace. There are those of us who are like this outcast woman. We're alone. People have abandoned us. We're left. Through this congregation, Lord, through the message of grace, through the gospel, reach them. Heal them. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen.